there is no world in which Jeff Zucker is just sort of here to buy the asset and, and sort of like entrust it to somebody else. He will want to have a hand in it. And that is what the Telegraph and the Spectator should expect if this deal goes through. Welcome to the Powers That Be Daily, Puck's podcast focused on the intersection of Wall Street, Washington, Silicon Valley, and Hollywood, and the players who run it all. I'm Peter Hamby. It's Thursday, November 30th. Today, I'm joined by Dylan Byers to talk about Jeff Zucker's bid to take over the Telegraph in the UK and why the deal might be on the ropes. We also get an update on Mark Thompson's tenure at CNN, what he's changing, what he's not, and why David Zaslov says the new CNN boss is committed to journalism and not advocacy. We'll discuss all that and much, much more on today's episode of The Powers That Be. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Happy Thursday, everybody. It is the final day of November. I hope everyone has put up your holiday decorations already. I have. Dylan, have you put up any lights yet? You know, I haven't. I uh, I need a window between Thanksgiving and Christmas to <laughs> adequately prepare. But I will say I, I'm very resolute about making December 1st the day that I get my treat. So oh, I like that. This okay. week, this, yes, this weekend will be full of uh, mirth and merriment, as it were. Uh, I love that. I realized a few days ago via my mother-in-law, Susan, that because Thanksgiving was early this year, um, we have what she's calling extra Christmas. There's extra days to <laughs> enjoy the festivities. Uh, I, so yeah, I'm, a, our, I'm a real sucker for the holidays. I don't know about you, Peter, but oh, I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm all Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra oh. from like the, you know, the moment, the moment we get to December. I almost texted you the other day because, like, you know, when I run out of gas on Christmas music, I like to put on, like, jazz just in, like, while the fire is going and stuff. And, like, I I have, like, a go-to, like, Blue Note, old-school Blue Note playlist. Um, But after we get off the horn here, you need to send me some some good playlists, some jazz playlists. Yeah, there'll be a lot of Oscar Peterson on there for you. I love that. So today, Dylan, we're talking about the CNN cinematic universe uh, from all angles. But later in the episode, I want to talk about CNN and and their new boss, Mark Thompson. But right now, I want to ask you about the old boss, Jeff Zucker, who is leading Redbird IMI's bid to take over the Telegraph in the UK. Um, As we are recording this, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, the government is doing a little review to see if this bid moves forward, and this is a debt for equity deal where Jeff Zucker would take control of the Telegraph, the Tory-led government is reviewing whether, you know, there would be sort of some nefarious foreign influence here that would be uh, improper. What's the latest with this bid, Dylan? Yeah, well, first of all, it's almost impossible to talk about this without getting into the weeds because the, the nature of this deal is so sort of complex and, and arguably, if it goes through, a sort of genius um, they're they're effectively getting ahead of all the other rival bidders that the, mm. the sort of 
all the other British uh, media titans who want the want these assets and circumventing that by effectively paying down the debt of the previous owners. The issue here for Jeff Zucker and his bid uh, is that the owners are the, the primary funders of his own venture vehicle, as well as some, some where the additional capital is coming from, is from Abu Dhabi. And there are a lot of people in Britain who sort of feel reservations about the most influential conservative media asset effectively going to an overseas owner. And so they sort of mm-hmm. raised a really big stink about that. Where do things stand now? The the media minister has effectively said that she's going to review the process, but that can mean a lot of different things. It could mean that she decides that the critics have a point and she will jettison the deal, or alternatively, she could simply sort of delay the deal by saying, okay, it's all well and good to go ahead and pay down the debt, but let's not transfer the media assets just yet. In any event, I, what, what this is sort of... There's a lot of noise here, and the noise is being stirred up in no small part, um, not just by concerned Brits and concerned ministers and concerned journalists, but also by the rival bidders themselves. And so I think it's worthwhile just for a moment to sort of calm down for a second and think about what's actually happening here. On the one hand, yes, Sheikh Mansour of Abu Dhabi, who is largely funding all of this, Mm -hmm. does want to expand the sort of media empire that he is building for himself. And yes, there is reason to have sort of some concern about that. And at the same time, I would also argue that there are aspects of this, which are just sort of more like a traditional straightforward media deal, which is you've got Jeff Zucker, who's been given a $1 billion fund is not really an investor so much as an operator desperately misses the media business, desperately wants to be running a news organization again. And of all the available assets that are out there, this is probably the best because CNN is not for sale and the Washington Post is not for sale and certainly the New York Times isn't for sale. And the Telegraph is actually very influential in conservative politics in the UK. And it is simultaneously, uh, I think everyone who is bidding for the Telegraph sees a massive opening in terms of U.S. expansion, so here's a here's a question for you. I have um, Zucker has been pushing back on some of the criticisms around this bid, um, saying, like you said, that other uh, rival parties might be stirring up some questions here. Uh, he gave an interview to uh, the Telegraph's business editor and said he would resign from ownership, I guess, if the UAE like involved themselves in any editorial decisions. Um, he said, quote, all I can say is they're misplaced. I'm here to say that the editorial independence of the Telegraph is guaranteed. Um, I sort of have two questions here based on this. Again, this is me not knowing as much about the deal as you. And I should reference that that our colleague Bill Cohan uh, has written about the financials of this. Everyone should read that on Puck. But is the idea here that Zucker as part of Redbird would become the like CEO or chairman of the telegraph, like after the bid. Um, and how would that square with, again, this like, you know, center right conservative publication? I mean, like would the, would the editor in chief be reporting up into Jeff Zucker? Like how would this whole thing be structured? Yes. The, the answer to that last question is yes. And I think 
Jeff Zucker in the interest of sort of seeing this deal through amid all of the anxiety is is signaling that, you know, he would not be managing things in a, on a day-to-day basis and that he would sort of be in a hmm. sort of more chairman role, which might be true. But I think as you know, and I know, and anyone who has ever worked um, within a thousand miles of Jeff Zucker knows he is an incredibly hands-on leader mm-hmm. uh, who I can't imagine who probably couldn't help himself, <laughs> but, but be a hands-on leader in this regard. And look, as for the sort of politics of that, you know, I think there's this thing where there are a lot of Brits and Tories right now who are looking at Jeff Zucker and thinking, well, isn't he the guy who, you know, the former head of CNN who went to war with Donald Trump and isn't he part of the sort of U.S. liberal media establishment? Mm -hmm. And I think that people who know Zucker know that he is probably a bit more independently minded than that. And that as an operator, he can operate the sort of let's make try you know let, let's focus on nothing but trump 2015 jeff sucker and let's go full anti-trump you know pro-truth of the sort of latter first term of the trump era and that he could also mm-hmm. be a guy who could sort of capably run a serious center-right news organization that was not batshit fox news crazy <laughs> um but that sort of reflects, you know, sort of the politics of, I think, like uh, the, the Tories in England and I think a lot of folks in the United States who do not identify as liberal, certainly a lot of members of the business community who are sort of maybe, you know, more fiscally conservative, even if they're socially liberal. There is a there is a lane there that I think Zucker would actually be quite comfortable in. So, hmm. Look, and then, you know, how he is there an editor? Surely there, you know, he's not going to be the editor, obviously. So will the editor be reporting up to him or to somebody else who will then be reporting up to him? I don't know. But I I, I do know, Hmm. and I think Piers Morgan wrote a piece about it at some (laughs) point this week, is that there is no world in which Jeff Zucker is merely just sort of here to buy the asset and, and sort of like entrust it to somebody else. He will want to have a hand in it and... And that is what the Telegraph and the Spectator should expect if this deal goes through. Speaking of the extended CNN cinematic universe, Piers Morgan, <laughs> and I should mention Dylan Byers and Peter Hamby. Um, I want to take a quick break, uh, Dylan. And when we come back, I want to ask you about Mark Thompson. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Welcome back to The Powers That Be, everybody. I'm talking media with Dylan Byers. Dylan, at the end of August, Warner Brothers Discovery named Mark Thompson uh, as the CEO and chairman of CNN. Um, I've been watching a lot of CNN lately because of the war in Gaza. And so I have some thoughts as to how it's been going. I thought they've been been doing a really good job, actually. What's the buzz from inside the newsroom at CNN? Like, what is he doing? Uh, Is he 
shifting their editorial direction anyway? Is he is he shuffling the the deck uh, when it comes to talent? Do people like him? What's going on? People do like him, and I, I think you know we've talked about it before, but that sort of collective sigh of relief is very real. People certainly feel uh, there, there's a certain amount of faith in him. I think conferred just by his his previous successes. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there is also sort of this wait and see attitude, and he has afforded runway. But I think people are eager for him to do something because, well, like you say, well, you know, Israel and Ukraine and other major news events have sort of reminded all of us of what CNN does best. It's also true that after you know, a year and a half, two years of Warner Brothers Discovery ownership and after the Chris Lick saga and everything, that is not translating to the ratings bumps or the ratings increases that CNN used to see in moments like that. At the same time, I think there's also still, you know, just talking about the the sort of linear asset here, there's a lot of sort of uncertainty over are we going to have a better primetime strategy than this, right? Than a lot that in this sort of lineup of, of very talented, capable, good journalists, but who are who, who don't have experience in the anchor chair. And are we going to do something about that? And from what my reporting, what I understand is Mark Thompson certainly recognizes that and has brought that up. Like, is this really the best that we can do? Can we do better than this? And I think that's a probably I, I think he probably knows the answer to that question. I think more broadly mm-hmm you know, these questions of like, okay, well, this guy sort of helped, you know, lead the digital reinvention of the New York Times. What does our digital reinvention look like? And, you know, I think one unfortunate reality of of sort of life and business is that these things can't happen right away. And, you know, whatever he is thinking, he has been keeping close to the vest. And and then I also think that the fact that there is so much news on the ground, that there is Israel and that there is Ukraine has, has been sort of a distraction for him because every day it's just about mm-hmm. making sure that that core linear product is succeeding. And I think he's probably also finding, despite his experience at both the BBC and the New York Times, that CNN is really, really complicated and sometimes just getting, taking yeah. care of the day-to-day can take up all of your time. Well, this is all. This is one reason I gave Chris Licht actually the benefit of the doubt, and while he was facing a lot of criticism in the early months, um, and you can read all the, the entire Dylan Byers catalog there. But it was it was like coming into this place. It is a behemoth. There's Atlanta. There's DC. There's New York. There's overseas bureaus. You know, speaking of the UAE, <laughs> they've got a big big uh, presence over there. There's digital. There's talent management. There's just so much. stuff stuff yeah you know contracts deals and it's going to take a while to like take the weed whacker and <laughs> uh and just get in there and so you know before he I, I think we should wait like another few months or maybe through the holidays before we start to like see any major major changes so far though it seemed like very much stay the course uh from the interim leadership team that was installed after chris left unless you think otherwise no I, that that's that is right but i sympathize with the impatience i sympathize with those mm. and and not just because if cnn were on stronger footing um you could tolerate sort of the the six month reinvention but mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. this is this is a particularly hard moment for cnn you know it used to be msnbc could own the sort of any given day anti-trump roundtable 
But when these major breaking events do happen and CNN doesn't win those nights, when they don't win elections, when they don't win invasions, when they don't win hostage releases, when, you know, whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. because people sort of rejected the product for so long, that becomes that becomes something that starts to feel like an existential crisis. And I don't want to overstate it. I have a lot of faith in Mark Thompson, as I think most people at CNN do, to sort of emerge in the new year in Q1 or Q2 at the latest with a sort of vision and a plan and something that will will make people feel more optimistic about their future. But I also get how people feel in, in against the broader declines of linear television with a pretty weak primetime lineup and, you know, as usual, a morning show that never went anywhere and no real digital plan to speak of yet, I understand why people remain nervous, even if they are somewhat relieved mm-hmm. by by having weathered the, the Chris Lake storm. WBD President David Zaslav uh, appeared at the uh, you know, New York Times Deal Book Summit on Wednesday and called Thompson, quote, an exceptional leader, a ground-up leader. He said he's, quote, won the hearts and minds of the team. And then Zaslov did some CNN cheerleading. He said, CNN is back. They're central to our strategy. Uh, He said, the company has sought to address, this is interesting, the strategic question of should news networks be advocacy networks or should news networks be journalistic organizations? Yeah, right. (laughs) I kind of think the latter. Uh, And it's really a strategic choice, nothing good or bad. For CNN, the choice was this should be the greatest journalistic organization in the world. What did you think about Zaz's comments? Well, you know, I think it's, you know, it's interesting when he talks about how integral it is. And then Bob Iger also appeared on the stage that day and sort of said, you know, I, I know I suggested we were going to sell ABC and other linear networks, but that, I actually never said that. And that's just the media. It's like, well, maybe you guys are just having a hard time finding the deal that you want, right? Maybe, maybe that's the issue and maybe that's why you've changed course. I look, I think that David Zaslav loves the idea of having CNN. Uh, sort of philosophically, I think he does believe in it as a sort of differentiator in terms of what is what does Max have to offer that some of its competitors don't. But by and large, I think he recognizes that the strategy is to, you know, they've invested in Mark Thompson. They're investing in keeping CNN. It's one of the reasons why the best available asset to Zucker right now is a, you know, a British broadsheet as opposed to an American cable network. And so in true fashion, you go out on stage and you sort of, you know, you you say that you've loved it, you've always loved it, and you always will love it. And that sort of makes sense. But, you know, Zaslav also got on stage and commended Chris Lick's leadership. <laughs> so, you know, and then look, I, I so I don't know, I think. I think he probably has to say a lot to sort of stay in everyone's good graces. But for better or for worse, CNN is going to be a part of Warner Brothers Discovery for some time to come. And the good Mm -hmm. news is that they have Mark Thompson. And then, you know, the sort of next question is, what does he do with that? And will, in the broader business calculus that David Zaslav is making with Warner Brothers Discovery, will he be able to execute? Will Mark be able to execute in the way that he needs to? Dylan, good luck buying your Christmas tree tomorrow (laughs) on December 1st, as you do every year. Thanks for your insights, man. Thank you, sir. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of The Powers That Be. As a reminder, The Powers That Be is the official podcast of Puck. 
We'd like to thank Ben Landy, Liz Goff, and Alex Bigler for their editorial and production guidance. If you like what you hear, please share with a friend. It really helps us keep delivering the inside scoop that only Puck can offer. Follow us on Twitter at Puck News. I'm Ben Landy. See you tomorrow. This has been a presentation of Odyssey. Please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. The Powers That Be Daily is executive produced by John Kelly, co-founder of Puck, Bob Tabador, and Ben Landy, executive editor at Puck.